This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. If you followed any on social media this week, um, within the last seven days, um, you, you probably saw what we're going to talk about a little bit, but I mentioned that God had just been dealing in my heart about this subject and uh, this topic. We have been in the book of Ephesians for the last four weeks, and we're going to be in the book of Ephesians for the next however many weeks. And I'm committed to preaching through a book of the Bible, text by text, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. The way that we see it here is that God wrote the book. He inspired the book. He wrote it a certain way. That's the way we're going to preach through it. I'm not going to pick and choose the 10 topics that I enjoy preaching about and just give you a steady rotation of those 10 topics. That's not what we do here. We're going to preach the Bible. We're going to preach the easy passages. We're going to preach the difficult passages. We're going to preach the passages that we all understand. And we're going to preach the passages that we have to dig a little bit to figure out. That's what we're going to do. However, I will never tell the Holy Spirit no. And when God the Holy Spirit speaks to me and tells me uh, that he wants us to deal with this topic, we will deal with it. We will deal with whatever topic he ever sends our way, Uh, but we will deal with it biblically. Uh, I'm not a topical preacher uh, today, Uh, but we will deal with a topic that's found in a passage. And that's what we're going to do. Today we're going to talk about the topic of depression, finding hope in God's word. Depression. Finding hope in God's Word. If you have your Bibles or an app, you can turn to 1 Kings chapter 19 and just hold your spot there. Uh, If not, everything will be on the screen. We're not going to read yet. I wanted to let you know my thought process this morning. I understand that we are wading into some uncomfortable waters. I understand that we are wading into some waters that I'll be honest with you, I've not taken a deep dive in in my personal life, just to be honest with you. Um, I want to very lovingly and carefully talk about this subject today. Um, As many of you may have seen online, there was a pastor out in Chino, California. uh, Andrew, and I can't pronounce his last name properly, so I'm not going to try. But Pastor Andrew uh, was a young man, married, Three boys, uh, probably around seven or eight years old and under. And uh, Andrew had just taken a sabbatical. As he had struggled with depression, had mental health um, struggles, and his church had given him an extended period of time off a sabbatical off this summer to try to help deal with that. He came back uh, three weeks. It would be three weeks ago now, two weeks from last weekend. He preached a sermon. Uh, I believe the title of it was something about the deepest part of the cave or in the back of the cave. Uh, And he preached a sermon and he talked and opened up about his struggle with depression. And uh, sadly, last weekend, a church uh, lost a pastor, uh, a wife lost a husband, some children lost a father as he took his own life. Um, And and under that battle, under that battle. um, And while I obviously understand that mental health issues and depression and things of this nature are not limited to pastors... Obviously, you could understand how, as a pastor, this affected me this week, and it got me thinking this week, and it got me taking some some internal inventory this week. I've spent time this week praying for a young wife, 
uh, praying for three little kids. Um, I've spent time praying for a church, can you imagine? Showing up, and this was a large church in Chino, California, and your pastor taking his own life. I've prayed for friends of mine across the country that pastor churches. I've prayed for friends of mine across the country that I know struggle with depression. And if nothing else this week, God has just focused my attention into this area of our society. I've prayed for some of you. Uh, Some people within our church that that may struggle or that may fight uh, through these issues. And I want you to know that my heart this morning uh, comes to you out of love and out of care. I want everyone to understand this statement that I'm going to make. Because this statement not only is at the core of our church values that we have, as having a judgment-free zone, if we're going to have a judgment-free environment, we cannot have a judgment-free environment unless we understand this phrase. And this is the phrase that I want us to grasp this morning. And that is, it's okay to not be okay. I want everybody to understand this. It's okay to not be okay. In fact... It's very normal to not be okay. I think if we could all bear our souls this morning, there would be people sitting not very far away from you that are going through some intense internal struggle. And we don't know it. But it's okay not to be okay. And at Keystone Church, by the grace of God, it will always be okay to not be okay. Can we make a deal? If I'll tell you that it's okay for you not to be okay, will you give me the same grace? And sometimes as your pastor, it's okay to not be okay. We have to have this environment. We want you to understand today, and I want you to understand today, that you are among friends today. If you're here and you struggle, you're among friends You're among people that will sympathize with you, and you're among many people that can empathize with you. You are exactly how God created you to be, and you are among people who love you just the way that you are. You find open doors at our church, and our doors are not partially open. Everybody understand church doors that are partially open? Oh, for the first few times, it's all good. Come on in. But hold up. Before you can really, before you can really, before you can really, this, 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 this. No, our doors are wide open. We, we busted them open October the 1st of 2017, and they're not closing. Just the way you are. And as we talk today about depression, my goal is for you and for me to find hope in the Scriptures. In the Scriptures. I want to be very clear this morning, and I'm actually reading because I I want to be very specific. I want you to be clear, that, that I want you to understand that I understand that there are multiple levels of depression and mental health issues. This morning, I do not claim to be an expert. This morning, please take none of this as, as professional medical advice, please. This morning, I do want us to look into God's Word. And God's Word can have help.
for the clinically depressed, for those that have, that have sought medical help in that. And by the way, I'm all for that. I've got close family that, are, that have been helped and others that they've tried to help through using medical advancements that we have in this day. There are clinically depressed people like this pastor in Chino was. Those that would need consistent medical attention. And I'm all for that. I believe there's also some others, what I like to call circumstantial depressed people. They are, they're, in a, they're in a season of depression because of circumstances that have taken place in their lives. I'm not here to, to give all the reasons and the differences between that. Uh, all I'm going to say is I believe the clinically depressed are depressed no matter the circumstance. And I believe there are other, other people, and I would include myself into this, that can fall into circumstantial depression. Uh, can fall into uh, these, these senses. Sometimes it, it comes out as honestly a pity party, and I can say that because it's me. I have, I have a pity party. I, I'm thinking that I'm the only person that, you know, that's going through this. But while you may not have a chemical imbalance or whatnot that would make you clinically depressed, while you may not see a doctor for your depression, you say, listen, my depression's real, even if it's circumstantial. Even if it's not clinical depression, to me, my, de- my depression is real, and I say, you're, you're exactly right. But whether or not your depression needs medical or psychological treatment, I do believe, once again, that we can find help And we can find hope in God's word. 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning in verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life, as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. When he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. And he said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And he And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Anybody been in life where you feel that way? The journey is just too great for me. Verse 8, and he arose and did eat and drink and went into the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights into Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Why are you here? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I... Even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. 
And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous, or serve, I've served with zeal, the Lord God of hosts. Because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be the king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall you anoint to be over king of Israel. And Elisha, the son of Snapchat. You, you all saw Snapchat. Don't lie. You all, did you not see Snapchat there? It's not Snapchat. Shafat. That's a, that's, maybe I should start my own social network. Of that other guy shall you anoint to be the prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapes the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay. And him that escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have, I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So he departed thence, found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he with the twelfth, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. We, t- we, we read a lot of scripture. I don't apologize for that, by the way. It's okay. Uh, they read, they've been reading scripture in churches ever since the dawn of the church, so it's all good. That's a lot to take in. I will say at the very beginning, I'm not going to pick this apart like I typically would in the book of Ephesians. I'm not going to go word by word here, so we're going to get out. All right, I promise. Uh, There are some themes and some truths that we're going to glean this morning from this passage. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak through your word. God, I pray that you would remove anything that I would say today that would take away from what you once said. God, I pray that I would say every single word that you would have me say. God, I I believe there are people here that I love dearly, that hurt and that struggle and that fight internally. And God, today, I just want to be a help. God, if anything that's said today could just trigger a positive flow in someone's life, if anything that's said today could just begin a conversation that needs to happen, Whatever it may be today, God, I pray that your spirit would illuminate your word in the hearts of your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to jump right in today because we have two parts and then we will be done. What can we learn from this passage? Number one, we can learn this, that depression can happen to anyone. Depression can happen to anyone. This was Elijah, and we don't have time this morning to talk all about the life of Elijah, but this was a prophet of God. This was, uh, let me just say, let me, let me explain Elijah to you a little bit. 450 prophets of Baal say our God is the correct God. Our God is the one true God. Elijah says, no, he isn't. They're like, all right, here we go. We are gonna, we're going to build an altar and... Prop 450 prophets of Baal, they are going to 
call on the name of their God, Baal, uh, the gods, Baal. They're going to call on their gods and they're going to call on their gods to bring down fire. And they did it. Man, they cut themselves, they screamed, they danced, they did everything they could to call down that fire. And Elijah's just kind of sitting there, all right, cool. Why don't you call a little louder? That was Elijah. I want us to understand his personality. Hey, I don't think he could hear you. Maybe you should call out a little louder. He's got like a sarcasm there. Like, I really like this guy. Because I maybe or may not have a little bit in me, right? Why don't you call out a little louder? And they call out a little louder. And they, they're dancing around. And they're cutting themselves. And they're, they're pleading. Nothing happens. So it's Elijah's turn. And Elijah doesn't just call on the name of the one true Jehovah God to bring down that fire. He doesn't just do that. You know what he does? Mr. Type A, Mr. The Man, Mr. Prophet, he goes, hold up. Bring the water. And let's douse this thing. And they put so much water on that, on that, on that altar that it completely doused it and drenched in the water and it filled up a moat around it full of water. Just to show you a little bit what God really can do, right? And Elijah calls down the fire legitimately. And it engulfs it. And it's gone. So Eli that's Elijah. He's like, look, my God is not just, he can't just do this. He can do this with water. You know, he's the guy that is a very type A personality. He's very out there. He would stand before multitudes of people and speak on behalf of God and prophesy over the nations. That was Elijah. You know what that tells me? Depression is not just saved for your quiet people. Depression is not just saved for your internal people. Uh, depression is not just saved for uh, your introverts. Depression can happen to anyone. You say, Man, that guy, there's no way that, that lady has a struggle. There's no way that she's got any struggles. Have you seen the way she talks to people every Sunday at church? Have you seen the way they just go out of their way and they're just so kind and like they greet me and they talk to me and they ask me how everything's going? You ever thought that sometimes people are doing that so you won't ask them how everything's going with, with them? Type A personality so often internally can really struggle with this. No matter uh, how aggressive your personality may be, how passive your personality may be, depression is no respecter of persons. It can happen to anyone. Secondly, this morning, we see that, it, that depression not only can happen to anyone, but it can happen at any time. Elijah went through depression. He wanted to end his life. It was, that was in 1 Kings chapter 19. Do you know what happened in 1 Kings chapter 18? That's when he was challenged by the 450 prophets of Baal. Hey guys, talk a little louder. Maybe he can't hear you. <laughs> you know what? Here's what my God's going to do. Douse it with water. God, can you come down? Can you, can you turn this into fire? Can you blow this up? And boom, shakalaka, right? It happens. Right? That was 1 Kings 18. It can happen any, to anyone, and it can happen at any time. 
If, if there's anything that maybe we have learned since the beginning of our church, if there's a theme that's kind of been woven between everything we've talked about, and I, I've mentioned this, I think, recently, it's the theme of mountains and valleys. We started in Psalm 23 when our church started. Mountains and valleys. Mountains and valleys. And let me say this. What makes a mountain a mountain? Guess what, a mount, guess what it requires for a mountain to be a mountain? You know what it requires? Not one valley. It requires two valleys to make a mountain a mountain. And so often we, we hit our lowest of lows after we've been at our highest of highs. Depression can happen to anyone and depression can happen at any time. Elijah suffers uh, depression and goes through this, this stage of, of anxiety in his life immediately after seeing an amazing miracle take place and God shutting the mouths of the, prophet, the false prophets. Depression can happen to anyone. Depression can happen at any time. But depression can also happen for many reasons. Depression can happen for many reasons. You say, man, that's not that big of a deal. What they went through, I mean, other people have gone through that and been fine. We sometimes like to, I don't even want to use this, because it's a buzzword. I'm not even going to use the word judge. We sometimes second guess and cast judgment on people when we have never sat in their seat. We have never stood in their shoes. And guess what? We never will. You say, well, I lost my, my parent. My parent passed away when I was young. Yeah, but your situation is different. Your situation is different than theirs. No, no two people have the same experiences in life. What are some of the reasons that we see here for Elijah possibly? I see forgetting the victories of the past. Look at the previous chapter we just talked about. Hey, God just proved himself to be the one true God. You just came off the biggest victory of your life. Depression. Hey, children of Israel, Jericho. Man, we destroyed this city and didn't even have to pick up a knife. What happens next? AI. Sometimes we forget the victories of the past. And let me just say this to everyone this morning. If you're struggling with, with depression in your life, please take some time specifically to think about the past in your life. And, and then I want you to highlight the times where you know God has come through. And you know God has given you the victory. And you know God has spoken into your life. You know the Holy Spirit has led you. I want this morning, I want us to make sure that we don't forget the victories of the past. Hey, if you name the name of Jesus this morning and you've had a salvation experience this morning, you ought to consistently go back and revisit that victory that was had in your life where Jesus Christ became your Lord and Savior. We ought to go back to the victories in our lives because when we forget our victories, we could be heading into some of our valleys. What else happened Possibly. First of all, it's forgetting the victories of the past. Secondly, we see here magnifying the problems of the present. Magnifying the problems um, of the present. He says this two different times. 
Uh, I, guess, I guess we can read through it. Uh, what do we have? Verses 2 through 4. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time I'm going to kill you. When he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, left his servant there. He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, came and sat down under a juniper tree. He requested for himself that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better uh, than my, my father's. He lay and slept under a juniper tree. I'll continue down. I'm looking for my verse. Y'all know where it is. Two different times. Oh, he says in verse 10, I, even I only, am left, and they seek to take my life also. Magnifying the problems of the present. Elijah was going to be facing, he had just faced 450 prophets of Baal. And you know who wanted to kill him now? One person. Jezebel. One person. Let me get this straight, Elijah. You had just defeated through the power of of Almighty God 450 aggressive false prophets. And one person comes to you and says, I'm going to kill you. And you fall into this depression. You know what happened is Elijah magnified the problems of the present. And let me say this. I don't believe we ought to minimize our problems. I believe we need to deal with our problems. I believe we need to walk, talk, and pray through our problems. But the same way we don't need to minimize our problems, we also do not need to maximize our problems. I say this with all kindness. Jesus Christ came and lived on this earth, and the Bible says that he experienced everything that we could experience. Temptation, hunger, ridicule, rejection, you name it, Jesus experienced it. There is nothing that could take you that didn't try to take Jesus. We have the power through God's Holy Spirit, to walk through our problems. But when we magnify our problems, we can fall into depression. We should not forget the victories of our past. We should not magnify the problems of the present. But thirdly, we should not be afraid of the realities of the future. And pardon me for jumping ahead of myself. If I just stayed in my notes, I'd have been all right. Afraid of the realities of the future. They're going to take my life. I'm the only one left. They seek my life to take it away. Elijah says, I'm about to die. How many of you, let's let's be honest, I can talk to this. How many of you have gotten to the age in your life where you legitimately start thinking about, hey, what's what's going to happen here when I leave this this world? Hey, what's going to to happen? Uh, we've, we've, We've been there. For, for me, a huge part of it was when I had my daughters. I started thinking, oh, man, I'm not responsible just for my generation. I'm responsible now for the next generation. And we begin to be afraid of the realities of the future. And let me just say, this is not a sermon on being secure in Christ. That was last week. If you missed it, go listen to it. But for those of us that are eternally secure in Jesus, 
hey, the realities of our future are bright. The realities of our future are bright and nothing to be afraid of. Depression can happen to anyone. Depression can happen at any time. Depression can happen for many reasons, and we listed them. But what does the Bible say about encouraging us to overcome it? By the way, I'm a believer that you can overcome anything. I believe that there is power in the name of Jesus to break every single chain. I believe that we can through God's power. Number one, how can we overcome or begin the process of overcoming? Number one, refresh yourself physically. Refresh yourself physically. As he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him, said unto him, Arise and eat. Happened again a second time that the angel of the Lord came and touched him and said, Arise and eat. I'm just going to say it. So I'll good. I'll get there. Rest. Vacation. Slow down. Relax. Listen to music. Whatever you need to do, refresh yourself physically. Elijah was told, go get something to eat. Praise the Lord. And go get something to drink. Refresh yourself physically. I'm going to read a verse of scripture here, and I will say that there are other people much more qualified to speak to this that are sitting in this room. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21. I believe you may be familiar with this verse. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I want us to understand something. God inspiring Paul through his Holy Spirit to write. God could have easily said, Hey, Paul, I want you to pin these words. Whether therefore you work or you play, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. The theme of the verse is doing all to the glory of God, but Paul is highlighting something. He could have used anything. He could have said, whether therefore you talk or you listen, do all to the glory of God. He could have said anything. Paul chose to say, whatsoever uh, therefore you, whether therefore you eat or drink. I will say this as a person that has struggled with my weight. For me, when I ate better, and I am currently 40-some pounds thinner than I was three years ago, when I ate better, everything about my life became a little better. As Christians, we have been given our physical bodies. For me, it was weight. For others, it's not weight. It's other things. There's sugar intake. There's things that are in our lives that we can, that we can do. And I'm not here today to be your health coach by any means. If you're hiring a health coach, I'm not your guy, okay? 
But all I'm going to say is as Christians, we need to be good stewards of what God has given us. And God has given us our bodies. And we need to be good stewards of that. I say that because I've done really well since January until the last couple of months. And I've started to revert back to my old ways. And I'm starting to check my shirts to see if I can wear them to preach in. Just to be shooting straight with you. Because I don't want to hit anybody with a, with a button. Um, when I exhale, refresh yourself physically. Some of you, you're too stressed. You know why? It's because you won't physically stop. Just because they offer overtime at your work doesn't mean you have to take it. Uh-oh. Refresh. Refresh. Hey, some of us, if you're like, oh, we've been guilty of this, you go on vacation and your vacation is so hectic and crazy and stressful and so planned to the end that you come home and you need a vacation from your vacation. Hey, every now and then we probably need to take a day off work and take an actual day off work. Sometimes we may need to staycation, right? You're off work and you got nothing to do and you're sitting your tail at home. What are you going to do today? I don't know. I don't care. I'm going to sleep till whenever I sleep. If you got kids, it's like 6.30. But uh, I'll sleep till whenever I can sleep. Get my kids off to school and I'm, I'm, I'm relaxing today. Can I confess? You know what I need to do? You, I'm starting to meddle. This is for me. You can't, Josh, you can't tell me that that is not, that's not training our physical brains. You can't tell me. Just like a person that's addicted to, to cigarettes, that, that right there, well, guess what? If I don't have my phone on me, this is me. I'm serious. We need to refresh ourselves physically. Secondly, we need to refresh ourselves spiritually. Refreshing ourselves Spiritually. Verse 9, it came thither unto a cave and lodged there, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. The word of the Lord came to him. We need to consistently refresh ourselves spiritually. We need to consistently let God's word speak into our lives. Listen, what you tell yourself and what you allow to talk into your life will often become your reality. And when God's word is spoken into your life and God's word is at the forefront of your life, it can so often become your reality. Psalm 42, 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God, Deuteronomy 31.8, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Psalm 32, 10 and 11, many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad all you obey Him. Shout for joy all you whose hearts are Pure. Psalm 37, 23 through 25, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them 
by the hand. Once I was young, and now I am old, yet have, have I never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging bread. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We just spoke about a minute's worth of truth into your life, and it was all directly from this book right here. Refresh yourself spiritually. Refresh yourself spiritually. You say, Pastor Josh, I'm going through this stage of depression in my life, and I want to ask you, are you allowing the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the church of God to speak into your life? Are you reading God's Word? Are you listening to God's Word? We have to refresh ourselves spiritually. And I will say this, if you have taken time to find rest for your body, but you have not taken time to find rest for your soul and your spirit, then you have not truly rested. If you've rested your physical bodies, but you've not rested spiritually, hey, that's why we say here when you volunteer, number one, we never push someone to volunteer. Number two, if you're volunteering somewhere and you need a period of rest, you will never receive the guilt trip. Never. There, there are people in this room that have taken breaks from their, from their roles within our church, and it is encouraged, and it's fine. We need to rest spiritually. Say, how can I rest my soul? How can I rest my spirit? Maybe when you take some time away and you go to the beach or whatever, you say, you know what, I'm going to read this book. I just picked up a book. It's called Hope in the Dark by a pastor named Craig Rochelle. If you're looking for something along these lines, Hope in the Dark is a great book. You know what? I need to refresh myself. I'm going to read this book on this topic. Hey, I'm going to, ref I'm going to spiritually refresh myself. You know what? I've been following this, this reading plan. Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. You know what I'm going to do? For a few days, I'm just going to ditch that. And you know what? I'm just going to say, God, I'm going to open up the book of Psalms. God, just speak to me. Would you speak to me through this book? Just speak to me. Refreshing ourselves spiritually. Refreshing yourself spiritually. So we need to refresh ourselves physically. Take a break, man. Hey, guess what? Your job is still going to be there. It's all good. The problems at work, guess what? They're going to be there when you get back. They might have intensified a little bit, but hey, you can deal with it. It's all good. Refresh yourself physically. Refresh yourself spiritually. Let this book speak into your life. Thirdly, this morning, and we're done, refresh yourself relationally. Refresh yourself relationally. Look at verse 18. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 18. Yet... I have left me seven, this is God speaking, yet, yet I have left the, me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal. Wait a minute. What did Elijah say twice earlier? I, even I, only am left. It's just me. I'm the only one. God says, hold up, hold up, bro. That's what he says in Hebrew. <laughs> hold up. I have got 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which have not kissed him. So he just parted thence, and he found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, 
who was plowing with the 12 yoke of oxen before him. He with the 12th, Elijah passed by him, cast his mantle upon him. There's two elements here of of relational Christianity. There were 7,000 people that believed just like Elijah. He thought he was the only one. God says, hey, go find those 7,000 people. Go find those people. Refresh yourself relationally. And then he says, Elijah, this has been your ministry for X amount of years. You have prophesied over the nation of Israel. You have, you have uh, declared my name to be the one true God in the, in the face of false prophets for all this time. He says, second part, refresh yourself with those people. Second part, I'm going to change your ministry a little bit. I want you to refresh yourself relationally in ministry. I want you to start investing and passing what you know down to a man who's got a name similar to yours. His name is Elisha. I want you to find him and I want you to start investing and pouring your life into someone else's life. Now we could talk about that for a long time this morning and we're not going to. All I want us to understand is we need to refresh ourselves relationally. Hey listen, you are among friends and it's okay to not be okay and you can talk to people and you can share your struggles with people here and you can cry on their shoulder. You can cry on my shoulder. You can call me at any time, any time, day or night. After a certain time of night, my phone's on vibrate and I won't wake up. However, if I'm awake, you can call me and I will be wherever you need me to be. You know why? You need to refresh yourself relationally. You say, I'm really struggling, my spiritual life, I, I'm really struggling, I've got, I've got depression, I've got things that going on in my life. When's the last time you've been to church for three straight Sundays? Uh-oh. Jeff, we're about to start. Circles are better than rows. When is the last time that you sat in that circle and you shared? I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm just trying to be honest. This morning, when we begin to isolate ourselves and even I, I only, I and I only, it's just me, it's just me, it's just me, it's not just you. You have a local church body. You have the larger body of Christ that's all around you. You probably work with other Christians. You got other Christians in this. We need to refresh ourselves relationally. Hey, you're struggling? Let me, let me give you something practical to do. Invite someone over to your house and cook dinner for them. Holy. I'm going to say cow because I'm on camera. Holy cow. It's amazing. We had somebody over to our house and guess what? We started refreshing ourselves relationally. We were able to go hang out at some people's house this week. Guess what? Refreshing ourselves relationally. I love going out to eat. Anybody want to go out to eat? Let me know. I can't go today, but let me know. If y'all want to go out to eat, let's go. Let's meet for lunch. You know why? Because I, just like you, need to refresh myself relationally. I, just like you, need to be reminded that I'm not the only one. I, just like you, need to be reminded that there's 7,000. I, just like you, need to be reminded that, hey, I will begin to make this transition in my life if I can also begin to maybe pour into someone else. And that's, that goes against our logic. I mean, in our culture, I'm not against this, but it's like, hey, you need to take care of you. To a certain degree, I understand that, and I'm 100% behind that. But there crosses a line there where it's like, hey, one way you can take care of you is helping take care of my people. No matter how alone you may feel today, You are never alone. Personal relationships are a key to joy 
and happiness in your Christian life. May we be a church that when you're struggling, instead of pulling away, you draw closer. Instead of missing and we miss you and we miss you, it's no, they, they are struggling and they've been at everything because they so need the body of Christ. May we be able to have someone share a struggle and love them and pray for them and weep with those who weep and laugh with those who laugh and rejoice with those who rejoice and pray for those who need prayer. This is serious business. Serious business. Depression is a joy killer. And Jesus is the great joy giver. For the depressed this morning, for the downtrodden this morning, for those who are struggling with all, any and all sorts of mental health, I want to let you know that there is hope physically, there is hope spiritually, and there is hope relationally. I want to close by simply reading this morning the lyrics of an old church hymn that many of you probably recognize and know I will not be singing it for you. I hear this often at funerals and I'm not sure why because I think we need this much more. Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth will, go, will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Are you weary? Are you troubled? Does it hurt? Internal? Fights? You can't get at peace with yourself? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. The things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. And can I just say, if you are struggling today, please, please talk to someone. Please. I'm not saying that who you talk to is going to have the right answers. I'm just asking you to talk to someone. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be my wife. It doesn't have to be anybody in this room. I'm asking you to talk to someone. I can promise you this. If you come to me with whatever it is in your life, and if I do not feel like I can help you through God's word, I promise you that I will find someone who can. I promise you. You are loved and you are cared for. Please, please reach out. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit keystonerdu.church. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.